Welcome back to another episode of Church is Stupid. Comma but. Uh, here today we have with us myself, Ruth. Hi everybody, I'm back. It's Andy. <laughs> oh yeah, you were gone. <laughs> I, I was, so I get to say I'm back. You did. Oh, Hi awesome. everyone, I'm also back, but I was also here last week. I'm Elijah. Thanks for being reliable, buddy. <laughs> and with us <laughs> okay. we have... <laughs> we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Kate. I do some of the social media, so you might have heard my name before. Heck yeah, Kate. We have definitely mentioned her on more than one occasion. I it's think. true. And so now we've finally forced her in here. She's being held captive. You have no way out. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we get Bailey? That's the question. <laughs> oh. oh, don't worry. Oh, is we'll he? He's volun- telling himself to. Okay, got it. He'll be on an episode soon enough. <laughs> it's true. We love you, Bailey. It's all good. All right. <laughs> Anyhow, so this week <laughs> we're going to be talking about doubt. And doubt is probably one of my favorite subjects in the church because I am. I love logic and I love philosophy and all of the fun arguments. And part of that means that you just kind of doubt stuff. That's what philosophy is. Yay! Okay. I feel like I was just in a philosophy 101 <laughs> class, and I have come out of it with the same information that I would have come out of that class with. Yeah. Uh, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doubt things. You're welcome. Well, thank you. Um, so I think, uh, sorry, this topic is extra relevant because yeah. uh, you and I did, uh, like two weeks ago, our little sermon series that we do in the basement on Doubting Thomas. It's true. And um, I have talked about doubt more times in the past, like a couple of weeks than I think I have ever done so in the rest of my life. Mm. Well, and that's why I forced you to do it right now, too. And I also have never taken a class on it. So, like, you know. Doubt 101. Yeah, what <laughs> classes are you taking? I don't know. Doubt 101, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good class. Who's the professor? Oh. Ruth just raised her hand. <laughs> Wow, Andy, I'm very offended. I no longer want to take the class. (laughs) (laughs) To get us a little bit on track, which I never, ever do, but I'm volunteering this time. So, Ruth. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you picked this topic? No. Okay. That's not how this works. Oh, okay. I thought I'd try. It was worth a try. This isn't a question. Um. So I picked this topic because, uh, once again, as I said, I tend to be someone who really likes to process through the logic involved with certain things. And I like empirical evidence because it's, like, easier to believe <laughs> in all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think most people in their life will encounter doubt. Probably all people. I just Thank ruined you, the audio Elijah. for everyone. Yeah, I am so sorry. <laughs> sorry if your eardrums exploded. That was Elijah's I fault. I'd like to table. repeat, that was Elijah's fault. Stupid tables and their stupid um, legs. Direct your hate mail at Elijah. Yes. But I think the that the church has really struggled with what to do with, fa- with, uh, f- with doubt. Sorry, I was thinking the word faith at the same time. Um, and that's because... That's a fair point. Sorry. Church well, struggling with what to do with faith. <laughs> yes. um, that's an entire another podcast in itself. <laughs> it sort of ties in, doesn't it? it, it sort of t- it's like the direct opposite of what we're it's trying to It's the opposite side about, of like. the coin, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that the, the real fact of the matter is that people try to make those two, two things that don't live in, in unity with each other, faith and doubt. 
they're complete opposites. And in my philosophy 101 course that I took, I had a really great professor who talked about how the opposite of faith is not doubt, but the opposite of faith is certainty. Because if you believe in something completely, then you don't need to have faith in it. Hmm. There's no, there's no, um, or if the facts show you that there's, there's not faith that comes along with it. So doubt hmm. actually is encouraged in a faith situation. But in the church, a lot of times our doubts are basically thrown to the side and we're not supposed to believe them because we fall back on what's called the God complex. Yes, the God complex. And in this instance, we do not mean thinking of yourself as a God. Dang it. I know, Andy. <laughs> you got really. You do have a little bit of Thor hair going on right now. Well, yeah. I, I told you the story. My mother, like I walked upstairs from like sleeping and my mom looks at me and goes, you really look like Jesus. And I'm like, mom, you know this, I'm God. And so that, that was a whole thing. Cause like, there's this whole story and a picture that my mother has. We're going to have to cut this oh, episode boy. short. I think guys <laughs> <laughs> from everyone here at church. No. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's, it's the idea that whenever something gets too difficult to talk about, we just blame it on God and blame it on God being God. So like, why is there evil in the world? Well, you know, we can't understand God. It's fine. Well, that's not really a good answer, right? Like, and, and I think especially now with our with our generation having access to so much information mm. that wasn't available at times, a lot of the answers to these questions we realize are so much more complicated than what we've been taught. And so then we realize that maybe that's not the right answer. So it starts yeah. to drive yeah. a wedge between us and, and believing, honestly, anything that, that comes out of Scripture. Is, is that fair to say? Yeah, I, th I think so. I'm, I'm trying. I am had a little bit of a different idea of my ex I don't know, maybe my experience with doubt in the church. Because well, it's, it's a really broad... Then share. Oh, well. I didn't, I didn't really know where we were aiming at the start of this episode, like what we were going to focus on. It's we're trying movie. to get someplace by the yeah, end. Yeah, we kind of are, honestly. <laughs> but sure, whatever. I'll, um, here, some things that I can say through my experience in my upcoming in church um, observations that I have made in the re regarding the way that churches sometimes can handle the idea of doubt, <clears throat> excuse me, of doubt, uh, especially on like a personal level. I... I've seen a lot of examples of maybe not fully intentionally, but a lot of churches and, and leadership in the church sort of hand, like, like sort of comparing doubt with shame or rather like pairing them together. I think mm -hmm. um, sort of in the realm of, of, you know, if you don't, if you don't have enough faith then you're not being, you know, as good of a Christian as you should be or could be. Um, and a lot of times I've, I've seen the idea or I've, I've seen like people in the church who are struggling with their faith or, um, you know, struggling with like a really, really tough time in their lives who, you know, naturally might have certain doubts about their beliefs, you know, in times of crisis or, or anything like that. And I don't know, I've seen times where churches, instead of choosing to sort of like be there for their congregation on a personal level and, you know, and, and, and be human with one another, just chalk up those moments and, and doubts that people are having in those moments to something that they should be ashamed of or something that's like a fault of theirs is something that I've sort of observed before. 
Um, and it's really, really heartbreaking because I think that times, you know, struggling times and, and times of doubt are can be wonderful opportunities to 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 grow and to learn new things about yourself and to discover new things about your faith and, and, and what you believe. But I know a lot of churches sometimes sort of chalk all that up to to if, if you doubt, then you're not believing. And if you're not believing, that's bad. When I think that from doubting, you can if a church, you know, sort of properly encourages their um their congregation, you know, to uh, properly like teaches them or offers them a place to to have you know conversations and, and and learning discussions, you know, through those moments, I think beautiful things can come spiritually. But all too often, I think that doubt in general is just really associated with something really really bad, and is part of even like shame culture, sort of like we talked about a few episodes ago within the church. So th- those are those are just some of my some of my thoughts, certain things that I've seen and experienced myself as well. And it's never really felt right to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, have any of you, any of you guys sort of felt the, or seen me, the same things? Yeah, or? for sure, I'd agree with that and say that. And like when that happens and like it's pushed to the side and everything, I think it multiplies the doubt, and so that mm. doubt grows. Mm-hmm. And I think it hinders more than it helps. For yeah. Like, for sure and stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I agree. The more, um, the more you encourage people to not seek answers for their doubt Mm. the more it pushes them away Mm -hmm. because the core i mean honestly here's the thing that christians forget why do you believe in christianity Mm. you believe it because it's you believe it's true right Mm -hmm. so if something you should want to believe the truth should you not yeah yeah therefore the encouragement should be find the truth the reality because you know that it is christianity therefore encourage people to seek that truth out themselves Mm -hmm. and if something is not true you don't want to continue to believe in it Mm -hmm. and i think that people are so afraid that their truth is going to be shattered Mm. that they can't even bring up these doubts yeah. Because they're they're terrified it will destroy what they believe. And to me that shows that that your faith in what you believe is actually quite weak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If if you think it can be shattered that easily, then then that shows a, a weakness in faith. And maybe not intentionally uh, by any means, right. but and, and not in any fault of the person necessarily, yeah, no. right? Cuz I think that's where things can go really wrong in a church is when that point is brought up, but mm-hmm. then people are shamed exactly. for, you know, quote having a weak faith. Because, like, a lot of times they're viewed as not doing enough instead of going through something and need support or need to find themselves. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I agree. Um, and it just it just becomes something that instead of tackling, since it's so difficult, we just kind of push it off, ignore it, and say, all right, my faith is stronger. Which is why I talked about the God, yeah. the God complex, going back to everything. Yeah. Well, we just don't understand who God is. And the other, the other reality that I've found, particularly growing up in the church and, and talking to a lot of different people about their faiths, in my personal experience, people don't always know the reasons why they believe the things they do. Yeah. Especially when it comes to scripture. Because the, the pastors of, of the past generation, and so I'm going to put it on ourselves, our charge is to teach people how to how to hear and follow the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Teach them about Christ. Share the love of Christ, right? Yes? 
Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Andy's just yeah. like, are you waiting to like tell me I'm completely wrong? <laughs> no, no. I'm just I'm letting you go with your oh, okay. kind of thought. We pastors have almost been trained to tell people what they need to believe mm-hmm. instead of to encourage people to find Christ. Mm. And because of that, and I, I was very, 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 very lucky to have two parents who really, really pushed me to have my own faith and not have the faith that they wanted me to have. But they encouraged me, you read your scriptures, you do the research, you do these things to, to figure out is your faith, what, what forms your faith? Because they were never scared of the rea- of me running away or or any of those things hmm. because their yeah. faith was strong. Yeah. And because of that, I I think that's one of the main reasons that me and my siblings are all Christ followers. And hmm. we didn't really ever have much of a rebellious phase. We're pretty lame boring people. <laughs> um just to be completely honest. But te- pastors haven't done or at least a lot of churches haven't haven't been teaching their congregations how to learn they've been mm. teaching their their congregations how to listen and regurgitate it's basically like when you train somebody in school to take the act or the sat instead of training them how to process information you train them how to take a test mm. and that's dangerous because at the end of the day if you i can memorize everything i want for a test and then forget it all the next day but if you learn how to process information and how to learn and grow and build on that information, that that changes your entire life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a good way of putting it. I'll also say for that, because, like, I think, yeah, I think it's, there's a lot of weight that needs to go on the pastors, but I also think there's some weight that goes on our family and everything, because mm-hmm. a lot of young people have grown up in the church, but the only reason they go to church is because it's, expected of them mm-hmm. on sunday morning you go to church you go to youth group at night just like things like that so i think it yeah again you're like you're not taught to look for the information yourself you're not taught to find your own beliefs about the information mm-hmm. you're taught what your right. parents believe what your mm-hmm. grandparents believe and just kind of what's been passed down through your family yeah and it's like it's treated like an heirloom but you don't put the thought behind it mm-hmm. Well, and I think yeah. as a result of, of exactly what you're talking about, that generational, which which is a beautiful thing to want to pass on your beliefs to your children and, and to your grandchildren and, and so on and so forth, is is honestly admirable. But what happens is that then we find middle generations who don't necessarily know why they believe what they believe. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when you have a generation like ours that is, again, so information is so available to us. When we say, hey, why do you believe this? And they don't have an answer, we go find it somewhere else. Hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And then we start to realize, okay, do they even know why they believe what they believe? Yeah. And that's not to be down on an entire generation or to say anything like everybody is like this by any means. Hmm. But I found that for a long time, the response to, well, why do you believe this? Because scripture tells me to. End of story doesn't even necessarily point to where in scripture it tells you yeah just that answer well it probably doesn't not to pin everything again like on only one specific generation by any means Mm-mm. um it sure I doesn't help it did sound like that uh, I, I don't I, I don't think that I don't think that you were coming off that way but because I'm about to add I don't think that it 
necessarily helps that, you know, not even a full or maybe around like a full century ago, um, maybe not just before that, like in the in the mid 1900s, the church movement was very, very fire and brimstone fear based. And there was a lot of there were a lot of people who were for all for all extents and purposes you can almost say like forced to just believe christianity because they were they they were just fear stricken by the church kind of a thing it is called turn or burn there you go if you do not believe me it's actually a term yeah mm. well i mean you you had a whole generation of people um and you know of course painting with a broad brush it's not like every individual involved was had the same experience mm-hmm. but i mean you if just looking back historically you had a whole group of people who who were involved and believed in Christianity through, you know, through a lens of, of pure fear in some cases. And when that gets passed down to the next generation where, where, you know, the society around them isn't necessarily focused in that way, like, um, like it was more prevalent, you know, you could say like in the, I don't remember specifically like when the reformation movement, kind of happened but you mean the great awakening the great awakening thank you sorry Incorrect reformation term. was 1500 that's right yeah i i got them mixed up you and your when, church movement. me me and my <laughs> no knowledge of what i'm talking no, about no, but, but, but when, you, when you have a generation now who who like you said too adding on to all that is has so much information available to them at any time um who is tr- trying to be almost force-fed this movement of like blind blind faith and fear mm-hmm. um there's a lot of people who maybe rightfully so like didn't don't want to be a part of it um so kind of like going off of that i think that if you are and if you do you know if you if you are a christ follower and you and you do believe you know that there is a god and that he sent his only son to die for us like if you are a christian and, and you and you believe and you know why you believe what you mm-hmm. believe it's not the same experience as someone who has sort of been forced to take part in it their whole life and who has just been told to constantly have blind faith. Otherwise you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? And I I think that that's when you can really tell the difference between people who understand that doubts are normal and human and, Mm -hmm. and work through their doubts about their faith, like anything else in life and people who were raised their whole lives, believing that having any doubts about their faith was making them a terrible person like it's pretty easy to see the 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 difference i would say well and i think what's been really funny about the movement you're talking about and everything like that is that instead of seeing the problem as okay we have all this new information so how does that build on our faith we've started to see information as the problem right (laughs) and so people withhold information intentionally so they Mm -hmm. don't expose like keep their following yeah Yeah. exactly and and really it, it all builds on our on on our faith at least, obviously, I believe that. Otherwise, I wouldn't be a, f- a pastor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's just kind of funny how, like, the response that I've seen to that is, okay, information's the problem. So how do we restrict information? Right. Yeah. I- You're making I- a face. Oh, sorry. I, say, I think you need all the information, but I think at the same time, there's a lot of information mm-hmm. out there, and it's very overwhelming. And so I think it's it's kind of a struggle to kind of, I guess I'll say it's kind of a struggle to figure out what your beliefs are now, especially for like my generation and stuff. Cause it's, mm. cause I think I'm a different generation than at least 
At least you, I think. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> Called out as the old one. Listen. Listen. It's got to happen like once per episode. Exactly. <laughs> I'll go get my grandmother outfit. Jeez. <laughs> but no, so I did, back to what I said, I was like, it's, <laughs> no, you're good. I was going to say, it's, there's so much information, so mm-hmm. I think it's hard to determine what our beliefs are because there's all these differing views and everything that when we go to find the information, it's just like this jumble mess and mm. we just say kind of, okay, I'm not going to deal with this. I'm just, I'm not dealing with that because mm-hmm. I just, I'm not going to start untangling this giant ball of yarn. Yeah. I think that's very fair. That's yeah. very fair. Information I th- yeah. overload. I, I think hand in hand with that, yeah, this newer, newer generations now I think are even, are I think they have such a harder time finding a place in a group where they feel like they belong because there's like like you said there's just so much there's so much information and you know political discourse and 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 there's there's just so much out there now Mm -hmm. that it's hard i feel like it's a lot harder to associate yourself with like a uh, you know a group of people or, or 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 feel like like you like find your beliefs and know why you believe what you believe and feel like you're like a part of something in a generation in these newer generations than it was back in the day when all that information wasn't as readily available and you know a lot like now your entire personality and 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 everything you know your education you can find it no matter almost where you live but relatively speaking i'd say like in in something like america no matter where you are, for the most part, America. you can uh, you can find you can learn about something almost anywhere that you are. When back in the day, yeah. it was a lot harder to get any other kind of influence from somewhere that you weren't physically, like you know, living in a way. Absolutely. So. Well, and I think uh, yeah. I yeah. think the church has done a disservice to to your all generation since I'm old, Kate. I'll be You're honest, welcome. they did it to your generation too. No. What? Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> I'm like I can't even pretend like I'm at the tail end because there's still like two or three years before the next generation after me. <laughs> um, so yes, the church has done us all a disservice. Yes, it's done us a disservice because it hasn't taught us how to sift through information, mm. and it hasn't encouraged us to learn that. You yeah. know, I think that's something that schools are even just now learning. If you guys have ever heard of the IB program. Oh, don't remind me. International <laughs> Baccalaureate Program. Okay. The The premise of this program, at least from, from the historical perspective, is to teach people how to process information. Hmm. It's it's a pre-college program. It's um, a very thought-based program. Yes. Where the majority, like there's, oh, what's it called? There's this one, there's a one semester class that you take. It's like theory of knowledge or something. Yep. Hmm. So it's, yeah, it's very processing your own information, being, it's a like, I want to say discussion-based kind of, but it's, yeah, very, here's how to research stuff, how to, like, find good sources and everything mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that I, yeah, I think have been failed to been be taught to mm-hmm. a lot of people. Oh, absolutely. And and since our school systems are barely, are, are honestly just starting to pick up this, the importance of, of the theory of knowledge, churches are, like, usually a bunch of years behind <laughs> normal society. And we haven't picked that up at all to teach people how to do what, what are good sources or 
the the other thing that we run into with theory of knowledge that can become a problem is then the assumption that your idea of what good sources is, are is the only one mm-hmm. which can get very dangerous as well or your information is the only one that's good and everybody else's information is bad mm. um but being objective is a very difficult thing to mm-hmm. accomplish i mean one of the basics of again theory of knowledge is that you will always come with a bias yeah. and you have to accept that but mm-hmm. i think i think it's easy to look around at the church and say we need to do better really really easy because we're not even starting that process really <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i mean uh, sorry andy were you and, gonna say do you disagree disagree with me i don't Yell think at the me. church can throw it why the church has limited knowledge for us to like to gain information from, and like that's my that's sorry that's been my issue since like the beginning of this episode is that we're talking about doubt and the only solution to doubt is answers. Yet the church doesn't encourage answers because if you find answers, then that doesn't agree with the church. And this is like a whole like school of thought, an idea fight, whatever. Um, but it's like if the church were to encourage us to sift through information and to find our own answers what the hell is the need for the church? Well, that comes back to the cross, honestly. And that's the answer that I think the churches get involved in a lot of stuff that maybe, but what's, what's the reason for the cross? The reason for the cross is because all have sinned and fallen short and God came and died for our sins. Where does sin come from? Sin. Well, yes. Okay. You're going to take comes me from the church. No, no, no. You, sin doesn't come from the church. Sin comes from people. Sin, sin comes from people. We sin. But the only reason that we sin and like we have a reasoning for our sin and like a set of rules is because we have the Bible. Oh, unless you go with the philosophical argument that there is an inherent moral culpability that is built into you, which is based on evolutionary premises, a very likely scenario as well as, yeah, I've done these for that. For this no, 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 I'm, I'm completely, like, yeah, I'm yeah, completely yeah. fine. The cross comes to counter sin. Yep. Sin is created by the church. Like there's just an idea I that don't... like there, morally we have sin or other ideas of thought. But the cross doesn't come for that. It comes for sin that's created by the church. And, like, this is a whole, like, bias me and my doubt kind of thing, like, expressing it here. But, like, I think the church creates its own problems. And if we were to truly seek answers, then we realize that the church is obsolete. Hmm. Like, if we go through the Bible, we go through history, we go through everything, we create more problems than we have ever solved. I wouldn't necessarily just say mm-hmm. the church is obsolete. I would say it's the way that we go about it may be obsolete, but like the church is the body of Christ. So it's a so we don't even need a building. Like you just need it's I feel like having somebody stand up at the pulpit on Sunday and preaching to everybody, I think that's not necessarily the way to go about it. I think it needs to be more open and needs to be more what's your opinion on this? How do you feel about this? Let's have a discussion about this. Let's not have one person who, sure, they they went to seminary. They have some training in this. But again, everybody's beliefs are going to be different because everybody is different. So we need, so like, sure, okay, we can have somebody who gives us an idea who says, okay, this is kind of what we're talking about today. And these are kind of what we're taught in seminary. But now let's open it up to everybody and we're going to have a discussion about this. I think that's kind of the idea we need to adopt, basically. Kate's gunning for my job. By the way. No, <laughs> just teasing. Just teasing. My job is very, yeah, my job is not uh, relegated to preaching on a Sunday. But no, I appreciate your thoughts. I also think it, it depends on, um, 
I guess in order for me to pro- I know we're coming up on time to properly understand your argument, I'd have to understand what you mean, what you're defining church as, as well as how you're defining sin. Because if you're talking about moral culpability, that's something that bleeds into every culture. Mm-hmm. That's that's human experience. That's mm-hmm. not the church. But if you're talking about spin, if you're talking about Judeo-Christian concept of sin specifically then then it would be accurate to say that outside of the church context or outside of the christian judeo-christian context it does not exist in its own sense um if we were to exit that world completely however moral culpability is really something that's present within it's inherently wired into most cultures i think all cultures actually um, which is a whole weird philosophical argument that comes down to, again, that, that moral code. Mm-hmm. Is there a moral code embedded in each human? And if so, is it divinely placed there or not? Um, and so, yeah, that's why I'm like, that's why I'm struggling with your with your definitions. Just, oh, to, yeah, just you... to like, because I, I would just want to understand what you're saying. <laughs> we, can, we can go further into it next episode because yeah. that's probably the yeah. easier It's true. And I'll... I'll, I'll start this ending on a, a really cheesy note. Are you ready? Get a little closer to your microphone. These are the discussions that we should be having. If we shouldn't mm-hmm. discourage this sort of doubt, we should talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's the point Absolutely. of the first episode. <laughs> That's extremely but, the point but, of the first no, episode. No, but, but really honestly, is. though, I mean, th- th- we, we have a podcast called Church's Stupid Comma, but not so we can come on and, and make an episode where we tell you guys exactly what you need to believe mm-hmm. and what makes you a good Christian. We have a, we do this podcast so we can talk about these things and disagree with each other yeah. and like mm-hmm. work out not even work out the right answer but work out what we, like our understandings of each other and our understandings of ourselves, which I think is how the church ought to mm-hmm. treat its congregation and like its leadership and ever, and everyone absolutely. So there we go. Uh, we we. We did the thing that we are saying we wish would happen, basically. So, and so we will continue Andy, to do, to do it in the next clap, episode. Clap for Andy! Yay! Why are we clapping for? I him? don't know why. Because you, you did it. You 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 brought us round. All right. Uh, thank you everybody for joining <laughs> us for our. <laughs> well, I killed it. You're welcome. Uh, thank oh, you everybody boy. for tuning in to our Tuesday episode of Church is Stupid. Come a butt. Uh, for all of us here, I'm Andy. I'm Ruth. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kate. And we thank you for joining us for this Tuesday episode, and I hope that you have a great week.